Welcome to the Calvary Church Podcast. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. Amen. Well, the pastor will be here later, and uh, I always have a way of trying to get out of this, but I couldn't say no. (laughs) Oh, Lord, I'm thankful for the Lord. I'm thankful for his goodness today, and so if you just... Bear with me here today. I, I uh, trust that the Lord will give us something here that will help us out today. I read an article here some time back that kind of caught my eye, and uh, I want to start off with it here today. It was about a young man by the name of Steve Gentry out of Lakewood, California, who was in a who was in a competition. He went out in this competition one week before. He was going to enter into this competition. He was in training. But in the process of this training, he had a lung collapse. And his doctor went in and uh, made an incision and done some stitching and taped him up during that week. And he went back out into uh, uh, training that week. Somebody said that this young man, when he, uh, he would never be able to compete in the competition, But to the amazement of the crowd that day when Steve Gentry stepped to the starting block of a 200-meter freestyle swim, uh, they were surprised that he was able to do that when he stepped up and his name was mentioned. So in the midst of that swim, and he was halfway through that 200-meter, and when he got to the 100-meter line to make a turn, He hit the wall of the pool that day, and the stitches that the doctor had put in had broke, and it threw his timing off. But he just kept on swimming and kept on going, and uh, when he got to the end, he came in second place. He was in a dead heat in that swim meet with Mark Spitz, and Mark Spitz only beat him out by one-tenth of a second. But that wasn't the end of the story that day. Steve Gentry went on to win a gold medal, a silver medal, and a bronze medal. There was a little capture in that story that caught my eye that said success can come out of defeat. He may have got beat in that race by by one-tenth of a second, but he never gave up. He just kept right on going on and on until finally he won the gold medal, a silver medal, and a bronze medal. It encourages me because when I read in the Word of God, and I could give you a lot of examples in the Word of the Lord, but one scripture, several scriptures in the Bible that caught my attention was David in the 27th Psalm in verse 1. David mentioned three things in this psalm. He said, the Lord is my light. In my salvation, he said, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. He said, he said, he's the strength of my life, and whom shall I be afraid? There were three things that he said of the Lord that day. He said, the Lord is my light, the Lord is my salvation, and the Lord is my strength. And I think about that today. That gives me encouragement and strength today, knowing that, listen, God is your light. 
The Word of God said He's a lamp unto your feet and a light in your pathway. The Word of God is. And He's your salvation and He's your strength. David said in the 100th Psalm in verse 3, He said, Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Just to know that we are His people and we are the sheep of His pasture, that gives me encouragement today because I know He's going to take care of me. He's going to guide me. He's going to lead me. He's going to direct me. Why? Because we are His people and the sheep of his pastor. A shepherd watches over his sheep. The word of God said that he is the great shepherd. To think about that just for a little while. And what makes it so valuable and so important today is, especially in the day we're living in, with the turmoil and the confusion that's going around in our world today. If we ever needed a shepherd and we ever needed somebody to watch over us, it's in the day we're living in. We need a shepherd. We need a guide. We need somebody that we know we can go to that's going to be there in a time of need. Praise the name of the Lord. Paul said, the Apostle Paul, when he was writing to Timothy in the fourth chapter of the book of Timothy, he said, there is one body and one spirit. He said, even as we are called, notice this, into one hope of our calling. We just have one hope of our calling. David was one of those men I mentioned earlier there. He had a lot of successes, but he had some defeats. And probably in the word of God, he was, he, he was a man that a lot of people could look to and compare themselves to because they knew what it meant to have victories and they knew what it meant to have defeats. But Paul was saying here that there's one body and one spirit even as we're called into one hope of our calling. Think about that. You only have one hope of your calling. Praise the Lord. But he said there's one Lord and one faith and one baptism and one God who is Father of all, above all, through all, and in you all. You just got one hope of your calling. That hope is not you. That hope is not me. But that hope is Jesus Christ. That hope is your Savior, your Redeemer, your Reconciler, your Perpetuator, your High Priest. Praise the name of the Lord. In spite of all of those things, Israel was taught about this one God that we're talking about today, the hope of our calling. Thank God the Bible tells us back over in the Old Testament in Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 4, they were taught to teach their children, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Whew. Just one. We'd be in trouble if there was a half a dozen because we wouldn't know which one to call on. But since we know that there's only one God, since we know that there's only one Lord, since we know there's only one Savior, since we know there's only one Redeemer, we don't have too much trouble to know who to call upon. Praise the Lord. Bible said in Isaiah 44 and 6, 
the word of the Lord said, and the Lord said, Thus saith the Lord. He said, I am the first and the last, and beside me, he said, There is no God. He was letting Israel to know you don't need to go look for anybody else. You don't need to look for anybody else. You can put your hope in me. Thank God. John, when he began to write in the New Testament, uh, he said in the beginning in John 1 and 1, he said in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Hallelujah. The beautiful thing is you can take his Word and know that it's his Word and it's God. Thank God you can stand on it. You can take it to the bank. You can put your hope in it. The reason I'm saying this today, there's a lot of sounds going on in this world today. There's a lot of ideologies, a lot of men's, uh, men's uh, idealisms uh, that are in the world today. But what you want to do is put your hope uh, in the Word of God. You can stand on this uh, when everything else is going downhill. Praise the name of the Lord. You can put your hope in this. The Bible said here in verse 14 of this chapter of John chapter 1, he said the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Thank God, who was that? He dwelt among us and dwelt among us and we beheld the glory. He said we beheld this glory because the scripture said here that, he, that this here word was made flesh and dwelt among us. In 1 Timothy 3.16, he said it was, he said this flesh dwelt among us and we beheld the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. When the word was made flesh, hallelujah, the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Aren't you thankful for the word of God? In St. John 1 and verse 14, the word was made flesh. He had a reason for that. He had a purpose for that. He had a mission for that. When, he, when God, who is the Spirit, John 4, 24, robed himself in flesh, he had a purpose for that. There was, God had a purpose. The Bible said over in the book of Hebrews, and I'll get there a little bit later, but he said with the blood, almost all things under the law in Hebrews 9, he said almost all things under the law were purged by blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. Hallelujah. John 4, 24 said God was a spirit. And so God had to have a body that he could dwell in. He had to have a body that he could dwell in. The Bible, I want to go here just for a little bit. The reason he had to have a body is because a spirit couldn't have blood. So he took on flesh so he could have blood so he could remit our sins. Hallelujah. In the first chapter of the book of John, the Bible tells us concerning this man called Jesus, the priest and the Levites saw John the Baptist, and John the Baptist came out preaching, and they were shook up about that because he didn't sound like a priest and he didn't sound like the Levites. He wasn't one of them, but he came. And the scripture said, they came and asked John, who art thou? Who are you? Hey, God. 
It's important to know. Bible said, know them that labor among you. Thank God, make sure you understand what's going on around you. We live in perilous times today. Praise God. That's why you want to stick with the map. That's why you want to stick with the word of the Lord. The Bible tells us here that they asked him that. And John simply said, I'm the voice that crieth in the wilderness. Prepare ye, make straight, and then the, make straight the way of the Lord. Speaking as of Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 3, make his way straight. And then in verse 29, the very next day, John saw Jesus and he looked at him and he saw Jesus coming toward him. And the word of God said, John, John said, behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. That was probably every, everything that the, the Levites and the priests of that day didn't want to hear. They didn't want to hear that Jesus, thank God, was the one, the Lamb of God, that would take away the sin of the world. John the Baptist's message was pretty plain. Matthew wrote about it in chapter 3 and verse 3, and he, 2 and 3, and his message was, Repent and prepare ye the way of the Lord. Those were two things that you have to do in order to get to Jesus. You got to repent and you got to prepare the way of the Lord. In other words, he's saying, make your heart right. Then God, search your soul. Make sure everything's all right. Repent. That's the first step. That's the dying out. That's where you approach a holy God. He said, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Hallelujah. Luke said the reason that Jesus came in John, in the book of Luke, the 19th chapter and verse 10, he said Jesus came to seek and to save that which is lost. Hallelujah. That's why he's here. I like what John went on to say. John said that he didn't come to condemn the world. That wasn't why he came. Jesus don't have to condemn you. We do that to ourselves. He came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. He came to seek and to save that which is lost. You ever notice most of our problems in our life is not because of somebody else, but because of ourselves? <laughs> you ever realize that sometimes you're your own worst enemy? Maybe I'm just talking to myself here today. I don't know about you, but i got to build an altar every once in a while and make sure I keep my flesh under submission. And sometimes i got to build an altar and make sure the communication's okay between me and God. Hallelujah. And it's a beautiful thing. Because when you get up from building that altar, there's going to be that communication between you and God that you're going to know everything is all right on the inside of your heart. Whew. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus simply said it like this in the 10th chapter of John in verse 9. He said, I am the door. He said, if any man enter in... He shall be saved. 
You've got to go through Jesus if you want to get saved. Because he's your savior. He's your light. He's your redeemer. He's your reconciler. He's your lamb. He's your perpetuator. He's the one you've got to go through. And he said, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall come in and out and find pastor. God said, I'm going to feed you. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. But he went on to say, the thief cometh not, but to steal and to kill and destroy. But he said, I come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. We got to remind ourselves of that sometimes, especially in the treacherous hour that we're living in today when it seems like everything looks like it's okay when, when it doesn't match up to the Word of God. The Word of God is a lamp to your feet and a light in your pathway. But here was a man that was raised in an obscure village. He spent 30 years in a carpenter's shop. He never had an office. He never had a family or a house to live in. He, in fact, when he was born in this world, he couldn't even find a place to live there to put him in a manger, a borrowed manger at Pat. He had no credentials except himself. Now all the armies that ever marched and the navies that ever sailed and all of the parliaments that ever sat and all the kings that ever reigned, not one of them ever affected this world like this man called Jesus. Hallelujah, you know why? Because they couldn't take away the sin of the world. They couldn't raise the dead. They couldn't heal the sick. They couldn't open up the blinded eyes. They couldn't do what Jesus did. But he had the credentials and they followed him. Hallelujah. They couldn't do what he did. Hallelujah. But aren't you thankful for the goodness of the Lord? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful you know him? Aren't you thankful when you come bold? That's why the scripture tells you to come boldly before the throne of grace that you might obtain mercy to help in the time of need. I don't know about you, but me, I got to do that every so often. I got to come down. I got to get before the Lord and say, God, I need you to work this out for me. You know, I've never not one time that I ever really got serious with God that he didn't come through. <laughs> Not once. <laughs> That's the kind of God we serve. Hallelujah. He'll either take you through the storm or he'll take you around the storm or, or he'll hold the storm off. But whatever, he's going to take care of your problem. And if he doesn't, that's okay. <laughs> and nephew last night... I don't know why I was trying to lay my head down and go to sleep. He just kept on texting me. I put my phone underneath my pillow, Sister Marjorie, so if somebody called or something, I could hear it. He just kept on. I just kept on waking up and texting him back. And I told him I was going to be speaking today. I said, when you pray, pray for me. He sent me a message back. You ain't going to believe what he said. He said, preach the truth. He said, you're not going to live very much longer. 
Boy, what a consolation. Hallelujah. I text him back and said, listen, I done read the book that said if I believe on him, I'm never going to die. He said, all I'm going to do is change addresses. That's what I text him back. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's concerned. You know what he told me to preach? He said, preach Jesus. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. Hallelujah. The word of God said, he's not only the author and the finisher of our faith, but with joy. Hallelujah, with joy. Thank God, with joy. He did what he did at Calvary. He didn't have to, but he did it because you and I, because of you and I. Paul Slewitt said, look unto Jesus Christ, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and is set down on the right hand of the throne of God. He said, consider him, lest ye become weary and faint in your minds. (laughs) He said, get your eyes on Jesus. Put your eyes on him. Hallelujah. If we ever needed to do that, I'm telling you, friend, we need to do that now. Thank God we need to keep our minds on Jesus Christ. Hey, God, the author and the finisher of our faith. Hallelujah. Least we become weary and faint in our minds. Right up here. We don't want to get our minds detoured from Jesus Christ. We don't want to get it on another sound. Thank God, because one of these days there's going to be a trumpet that's going to blow and you've got to recognize the sound. Oh, hallelujah. In the seventh chapter of the book of John, that great day of the feast, Jesus, he cried out and said, if any man thirst." Let him come unto me and drink. Hallelujah. He said, he that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his valley shall flow rivers of living water. And then he clarified what he was talking about. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe upon him should receive. Thank God. Can you imagine standing before the priests and the Levites and crying out in the temple and telling them, if you thirst, you come to me. Hallelujah. I'll tell you right now, you don't want to come to me, but you want to come to Jesus. Thank God you don't want to come to man. You want to set your focus on him because he's going to give you a a drink of water uh, that never runs dry. Thank God. He said, and the scripture said, he that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his bellies are going to flow rivers of living water. In verse 39, he said, But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe unto him should receive, because the Holy Ghost had not yet been given, because Jesus had not yet been glorified. <laughs> it hadn't been given yet. Jesus hadn't died. They hadn't nailed him to a cross. They hadn't put him in an empty tomb. There was no resurrection yet. There was no Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. Thank God, but Jesus was standing in the temple telling them, thank God, what was going to take place. And for those who believed on him. Hallelujah. 
Bible said in verse 40, many of the people said he was a prophet. Others said he was the Christ. Some of them said, asked the question, can Christ come out of Galilee? And then in verse 43, because of that, they said there was division among the people because of him. Hey, God, there was different ideas about him. They, they listened to what he had to say. And so the scripture said in verse 45, then came the officers to the chief priest and the Pharisees, and they said unto them, why have you not brought him? They wanted them to go get Jesus out of the, out of the synagogue and bring him to them. And these soldiers, these officers answered the priest, asked them, answered them and said, Never a man spoke like this man. Nobody ever spoke like this man speaking. If you could just hear him. I tell you, sometimes we come in here and the Spirit of God gets moving. I say, God, open people's ears and let them hear. Thus saith the word of God. If they ever hear that voice, it's going to change them. Oh, hallelujah. How many times have you went to church and never heard the voice of God? Hallelujah. That doesn't make you a bad person. I've been in church a lot of times and never heard the voice of God. But listen to me. When you hear it, you'll never forget it. I said you'll never forget it. When you feel him get a hold of the strings of your heart, thank God, I'm telling you, you're never going to deny that something majestic has happened to you. Pastor's back. I got 15 more minutes. <laughs> oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm just telling you today, thank God those people, those soldiers, uh, he, they said to him, they said, said to him, we never heard a man speak like this man spoke. We've never heard it like this. Sometimes if people come in our congregation and they hear the man of God up here preaching and and they've never heard it like that before. Oh, hallelujah. But aren't you thankful that God knows what you need? Thank God. Don't go by the don't go by the beat. Go by the word. Thank God. Search out the word of the Lord. Mark wrote it like this in chapter 1 and verse 22. At Capernaum in the synagogue, hallelujah, the Bible said that they went into that synagogue and those people were astonished at his doctrine because he taught them not as a scribe, thank God, but he taught with authority. And they said, I could just see him moving out on the edge of their seat and understanding, listen, there's something different about this man. I remember when I first walked into a Pentecostal church, it scared me to death. Those people were worshiping and magnifying God. It wasn't that worship that scared me. It was what I felt. 
because I wasn't familiar with that. I had felt that before and didn't recognize it when I out of the out of the group that I came out of. But when I walked in that day, I felt something different. And in that atmosphere, God spoke to me. And looking back at that moment, I heard this voice say, you don't have all you need. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. God didn't tell me I didn't have anything. He just said, I got more for you. That's what he was telling me. I was young. I didn't realize what he was saying, but I never get away from that voice that spoke to me and said, you don't have all you need. There's a lot going on in the world today. Hallelujah. And sometimes, listen to me, sometimes just because you hear the word of her, hear a voice or get a direction from something does not mean you're saved. It doesn't mean you're redeemed. It doesn't mean you're reconciled. It just means that God is loving you and leading you and guiding you and directing you. Hallelujah. Let me tell you how simple salvation is, how it comes about. It comes through faith and obedience to the word of the Lord. And when that spirit gets a hold of you and draws you out, and start dealing with you. I've seen people get up and leave church because they didn't like what they felt. It's not that they didn't like what they felt. Maybe in the same boat I was in, it scared them. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Can you imagine what Moses must have felt like when all of a sudden in that desert, all of a sudden a bush caught on fire? <laughs> What's greater than that when he heard that voice come out of that bush? <laughs> he probably wondered where's the quickest escape <laughs> I'm getting out of here I never heard it like this before oh hallelujah but you know the beautiful thing about God is he's not there to hurt you to scare you or to drive you away he's there to love you and let you know there is a more abundant way that you can live Hey, God, that's why he's there. I wouldn't trade my life living for God for anything. And all them times that I lived in sin and iniquity, when I lived as a sinner, I wouldn't take anything for this life. Where can you go to get peace? You can't even buy it with money. If you think I'm lying, look at Hollywood. They got more trouble than you could possibly shake a stick at. Got, look at Washington. Look at, look at the leaders of our country that's wrapped up in sin and, and debauchery. Look at them with no peace. But here we are. Oh, we got joy, peace that's unspeakable and full of glory. You know why? It's because of him. It's because of him. Hallelujah. It's because of him. Paul said, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. For God was manifested in the flesh and justified in the spirit and seen of angels and preaching to the Gentiles and received up into glory. Why did the word have to become flesh? Why did the God who is a spirit, John 4, 24, have to robe himself in flesh? Because he had to have blood. 
in Hebrews chapter 9, in verse 22, the Bible said almost all things under the law are purged by blood. And this is what he said, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. There's no remission. You can't get rid of the sin. You can't get rid of sin without the blood. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible said in verse 11 of that ninth chapter that Christ be, being come a high priest of good things to come. Hallelujah. You read that 10th chapter, 9th to 10th chapter of the book of Hebrews. You go back into that Old Testament and you think about all the rituals and all the blood that was shed. Thank God to cover, to roll their sins ahead another year. And when you read this chapter, you'll find out not one drop of all that blood could take away sin. Not one drop. But Christ became a high priest of good things to come. The high priest was the one who took the blood of the bulls and the goats and the heifers and the ashes of sprinkling of unclean and sanctifieth to the, to the purifying of the flesh. That's what, that's what Paul said here in verse 11 or 12 of this ninth chapter. Oh, hallelujah. But listen to this in verse 14. He said this, he said, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. You just think about that for a moment. All those bulls and goats and heifers could roll your sin ahead for another year until the priest could get back and offer another sacrifice for the sins and the transgressions of his people. But this man once and for all, thank God, this man called Jesus, his blood, thank God, took the place of all the bulls and the goats and the heifers. Now this is the scripture. I'm, I'm fixing to close here in just a little bit. But this is a scripture I want to read. I, just, I love it. Brother Edwards gets on this every once in a while. But I just love this scripture. because, And every once in a while I like to tell the devil, I said, oh boy, you might have won this battle, but you're not going to win the war. <laughs> I may get knocked down, but I'm going to get back up. Hey, God, you might win this, this one, but I want to tell you something, church. Don't get discouraged. Thank God success can come out of defeat. Thank God you can rise back up. You can get back up like Steve Gentry did and go ahead and win you a gold medal, a silver medal, and a bronze medal. You can get right back up. I love this scripture right here in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 7. The apostle said it like this, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. A mystery, a mystery, a mystery. Webster defines it as, 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 as unexplained or unknown or kept secret. But Paul said it like this, we speak the wisdom of God, even the hidden wisdom of God, 
ordained before the world unto us. Think about that. It was ordained. The mystery. That that was unexplained. That that was unknown. That that was kept secret. He said, we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Even the hidden wisdom of God ordained before the world unto our glory. Why is it unto our glory? Oh, let's read the next verse. He said, which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. <laughs> oh, I love that scripture. I can just see the devil trembling in his, in his uh, shoes or whatever he's trembling in. Every once in a while, I like to tell him, listen, old boy, you might have won, but I tell you, there's a bottomless pit waiting for you. Can you imagine when Jesus come out of that grave on the third day? Hallelujah. And Paul said, listen, the hidden wisdom of God, the mystery of the wisdom of God. Thank God is that if the princes of this world had it only knew, they wouldn't have crucified him and they wouldn't put him on a cross because they didn't know the graveyards are going to open up and witnesses are going to show up in the city. <laughs> We're witnesses here today, and we're still above ground, and we still have the privilege and the opportunity to tell somebody how great he is. But Paul wrote in Hebrews, and he said, we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. He said, let us lay aside every weight and sin that does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience. <laughs> Oh, hallelujah. Every once in a while when I'm praying, I say, listen, God, I understand one thing. I understand I'm not going to make it without the mercy and the grace of God. Hallelujah. But then I read over here, and he said, my grace is sufficient. Thank God. He said, where sin doth abound, grace did much more abound. Oh, Hallelujah. 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 Success can come out of defeat. It depends on what you want to do with it. <laughs> I see people come in here sometimes and, and I can see that their, their lives are shattered and they need God and how simple it is to get to Him. But the problem is, is you've got to humble this flesh. You've got to put this flesh on the altar. Jesus said it like this. Any man come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. That's, that's easier said than done. Why? Because you're in the flesh. And the flesh, the adversary works through your flesh. And he's telling you all kind of things when you're just that far away from victory, that far away from deliverance, that far away from being what God wants to do in your life. Oh, hallelujah. Well, I'm glad he didn't give up on me. <laughs> I said I'm glad he didn't give up on me. Out of the church I was raised in had a lot of good people in it. I tell you, there's a lot of good people in a lot of churches that just need God. 
and how fortunate that I was, Sister Modulin, that God got a hold of our family's heart. And they started searching the word of God and God started leading them and guiding them and directing them. And they started following and reaching out and seeking out the Lord. And God reached out and opened my eyes and put a desire in my heart to seek after him. He could have passed up everybody. You just think about that. How many people in this city right here? We're just a few. You think about Noah's day, there was only eight people got on that ark. You think about how many people marched out of Egypt into the promised land. The Bible said there were 650,000, not counting the women and the children, but that's not counting all the thousands of others that never made it to the promised land. You think about it, when he rose from the grave and told those disciples to go to Jerusalem in Luke chapter 24 and wait for the promise of the Father. There was only 120 that got in that upper room and waited for the promise of the Father. But when they did, hallelujah, God honored that. <laughs> he heard their cry. Hallelujah. What looked like defeat because... The, because the people of that day and the government was killing people for calling on the name of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. But 120 made their way to the upper room and started seeking after the Lord. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. That's pretty simple, isn't it? That's all we got to do is just hunger and thirst after him. And God said, you're going to be filled. Praise the Lord. Well, Lord, bless you. Let's stand together. I don't have any idea what time. Quarter till. Pastor, you can come. And we'll just turn it over to you. Maybe, maybe you just like to come around the altar and hear, come up here and just talk to the Lord a little bit. Maybe you want to kneel down where you're at. Maybe you just want to say, Lord, I just I, I gotta have you. Pretty simple. It's not hard. Where did God say says that the way of the Lord is so plain that a wayfaring man need not err therein? All you gotta do is have a hungry heart and a thirsty soul. And I promise you, God will come to you. I said, I promise you before God that he'll come to you. If he doesn't, this word of God ain't true. <laughs> That's how positive I am about a hungry heart and a thirsty soul. If you're hungry and you're thirsty and you call out on the Lord, he's going to come to you because it's his word. Oh, hallelujah. Lord bless you. Thank you for listening to the Calvary Church Podcast. Calvary Church is located at 406 North 44th Street in Mount Vernon, Illinois. Service times are Sunday school at 1 p.m. every Sunday, except the last Sunday of each month, and worship service at 2 p.m. Also, we have an all-church service at 6.30 p.m. on Wednesday. Calvary Church is affiliated with the United Pentecostal Church International. Thank you, and have a blessed day.